You believe you'll see him do it again? If you believe that he'll do it again, give him a hand clap of praise all over this house. That would be good if it was for me, but we're talking about Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise today. We'll just stay in the spirit and an attitude of expectation. I'm so excited for what God is going to do in this place today and what he's already done. Um, we have a privilege here uh, this morning, and I don't know if you realize really what a treat that we have. But I remember when I first uh, heard this man of God talk, I leaned over to my wife and said, I have to meet him. Um, he has to be part of my life is what I said. Um, and we have the privilege of someone who is a true uh, kingdom builder, a true uh, spiritual father in this region. And he's going to share with us today from his heart. And I believe that our church will be better, that individually our lives will never be the same after we receive the word that we hear from the man of God today. So I want you to put your hands together as loud as you can to receive the lead pastor of the Journey Church, Pastor Daryl Ballard. Oh, come on and raise it up today. Well, thank you, Pastor Shannon, Life City Church. What an honor it is to be here today. I don't know about you, but I love the local church. Do you love the local church? Uh, I am, again, so honored, Pastor, that I get the opportunity to stand where you stand every week and teach the uncompromising truth of God's Word. I had the uh, honor of meeting your pastor, Shannon, several months ago, and it didn't take long before God just knitted our hearts together as pastors and as brothers in Christ, and what I love most about your pastor is his love for his wife, his family, and his church. I've been pastoring now for 12 years, and I've seen pastors with thriving churches but dying families. So be grateful, be thankful that your, pa your pastor loves his wife, Jessica, his Little girl Joy, I met Joy at lunch one day. She's all over the place. And of course, the newest member, uh, Asher. Seven pounds, 12 ounces. That's a big boy. <laughs> I'm praying for your wife to recover. <laughs> I believe when you and I worship together as the church, as God's people, it has the potential to lift our perspective above our problems. Life City Church, I feel like God has me here on an assignment. For someone that's given up or feels stuck in a situation that you did not choose. A situation that you did not see coming. A situation possibly out of your control. And no, I don't know the specifics of your situation, but this I do know. I came here to shoot you full of hope and expectation with a message entitled, you are not a prisoner of your situation. You are not a prisoner of the circumstances of life. So keep pushing, keep pursuing, keep persevering because the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36, you need to what? Persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them to persevere. Hey, that was that was weak. I know you can do better. So let's try that one more time. Tell your neighbor you need to persevere. Yeah. And listen, I don't know what you're going through. But if some of you got gut-wrenching honest before God, you would have to admit that you feel chained to your situation. You feel like a prisoner to whatever problem you are facing. So again, if that's you, keep persevering. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep pursuing the presence of God and remain constant. I think sometimes when we see someone else's victory, we, we assume it was easy for them. Not true. Every purpose has a process. And whatever you are chained to does not have to define you. But here's the problem. Some of you have become so focused on the chains, you no longer see Christ. And no, you, you cannot always control your current circumstances, but you can choose to frame your mind with faith instead of fear. In our scripture today, there's two dynamics of faith that has the potential to bring you great freedom, and here's why. I am not speaking today on my own authority. This is God's Word. This book is alive because God is alive. And it has the power to speak into every situation in life. So if you have a Bible or the Bible app on your mobile device, grab it and go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. In this text, Paul is writing to a church that he actually planted many years before. And he says this in verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Let that sink into your mind. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am, look at this next statement, in chains for what? For Christ. I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains... Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the Word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in these chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motive or true, Christ is preached. And because of this I rejoice, and yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and, and the help given by the Spirit of Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh my dang, Life City Church. You better buckle up because I'm about to preach. But I need to read just a few more verses. Look at verse 22. I am so pumped up. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruit, fruitful labor for me. 
Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is uh, by far better. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for the progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. Okay, I need your help one more time. Look at your neighbor again and tell them, you are not a prisoner. Okay, that was better. Better than last time. But I think you can still do better. I need some conviction. I need some attitude. Because I promise you, there's someone next to you and they don't believe it. So look at the person on your right and on your left and tell them you are not a prisoner. Persevere. I love this text, Pastor Shannon, because Paul, Paul reached a place in his life where he no longer cared what others thought about him. I read this text and I see Paul talking with some swagger. He's like, yeah, I've seen some things. I've been through some things. I've experienced life. Listen, don't forget, Paul was writing this letter from a prison cell. Paul is in jail, and the church, God's people, are wondering, hey, bro, how are you doing? And here's what's stupid crazy. Many scholars believe the book of Philippians is one of the happiest books in the Bible. Let that sink in. Paul is in prison. And he says, hey guys, I want you to know what happened to me. But then he never tells them what happened to him. No details about the prison food. No details about his living condition. How the guards treated him or or how he might get out. The church is concerned because Paul was the catalyst to carrying out the gospel message. But where is Paul? The boy is in prison. No Instagram account, no Facebook live. And he says, what happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. And that word advance actually means to move forward. To make progress in spite of severe opposition. So what is Paul telling them? What is Paul telling us? He's saying, yes, I could waste a lot of time telling you everything that's happened to me. But I would rather focus on what God is doing through me rather than what's happening to me. And I get it. That, that, that doesn't give some of you the warm fuzzies today. Right? Because you would rather talk about what's happening to us. Right? We would rather uh, pray about God to change our situation instead of changing us in the situation. Do you think maybe, just maybe, Paul had the thought, it would be dope, this would be really cool, this would be awesome to get out of this prison? Absolutely. No doubt about it. But Paul's thought process was this. If I'm in prison, then God must have something for me to learn in this situation. And by the way, that requires faith. To look at your situation and know that God has a plan in the prison. Sometimes God wants to use the very situation that you are praying away to do a work in and through you. I think I'll say that one more time. Sometimes God wants to use the very situation that you are praying God to take away to do a work in and through you. God's plan always has a purpose, so trust the process. 
Trust the process. I recently read a story about a woman who was extremely poor. And she didn't have any food in her house. But she she was a woman of great faith and she kept telling her agnostic neighbor, God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. And her agnostic neighbor hated God. So he thought, this is my opportunity to prove that God didn't care about her. So he went to the grocery store and bought her three bags of groceries, put them on her front porch, knocked on the door, and then hid in the bushes. When the lady opened the door and saw the the groceries, she started shouting to God, God did it, God did it, God did it. She kept saying over and over, God did it, God did it. Question, have you ever had God do something for you only He could do? And when He did it, you didn't give a rip what other people thought about you worshiping God like you're a crazy person? Newsflash, if God has brought you out of something, then act like God's brought you out of something. The lady said, God did it. God did it. God did it. And finally, her neighbor couldn't take it anymore. So he ran out from behind the bushes. And he got up all in the lady's grill. And he said, God didn't buy you those groceries. I bought those groceries. The lady looked at him with a big smile on her face and said, God did it. God did it. God did it. Her neighbor said, God didn't buy those groceries. I bought those groceries. Look. Look at this receipt. I bought the stupid groceries. She looked at the receipt. He said, God did it. God did it. God did it. And he made the, and he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> and I get it. That's a cheesy story. But check this out. Paul said, actually. Say actually. actually. Some of you are going through a situation that hurts. It doesn't feel good. Paul is in prison, chained. But he says, actually, I'm in these chains for Christ. I know it looks like I'm chained to these guards, but the truth is these guards are chained to me. That'll preach. So don't worry about me. Because these chains go both ways. He says these chains are a platform to preach the gospel. To set the prisoners free. Paul says, hey guys, I'm doing work in this place. I'm not a prisoner. This is part of God's plan. I think sometimes we are so busy praying for God to get us out of something that we miss out on on the fact that God is trying to get into our situation. God wants to do something in the situation and through the situation. Maybe, maybe today God is trying to get into your pain. Maybe today God is trying to get into your doubt, your unbelief, your loneliness, your, your depression. Maybe you walked in here and you feel like there's this black cloud that just follows you everywhere you go. God wants to get into your anxiety. God wants to get into your brokenness, your sickness, your singleness. That fear that keeps you up at night. You see, here's the truth. Whatever you are chained to, the chains go both ways. Whatever you find yourself chained to today, the chains go both ways. Jesus has a plan for your life, but so does the enemy. So does the enemy. And letting your life just play out is playing into the hand 
of the enemy. God said, I have come that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. But the thief, the devil, right? Beelzebub, the pitchfork dude, whatever name, whatever tag you want to put on him, right? He wants to steal, kill, and what? Destroy your life. That's why we have to be intentional. We have to let God into our situation. Understand, there's a lot at stake, so don't settle. Life is not a dress rehearsal. We get one shot at this thing called life, and that's it. Paul had reached a point in his life where he was no longer a prisoner to how he felt or what he wanted. He said this prison is part of God's plan. Tell your neighbor, I am not a prisoner. I am not a prisoner. Truth, download this into your heart and soul today. You don't have to understand everything to trust God. You don't have to understand everything to trust God. Trusting God takes faith. And sometimes, most of the time, it's just one step at a time. Paul says, I was put here for the defense of the gospel. What people meant for evil, God meant for good. How amazing is that? I love this text because Paul is like, some people like me, some people don't like me, some people say this, some people say that. I mean, it sounds like Paul had a Facebook account in prison. Right? But here's the game changer. And this is my new favorite verse in the Bible this week. New favorite verse, verse 18. Watch this. Paul says, but what does it matter? I wonder, Pastor Shannon, how much stress, how much worry, how much fear would go away if we just applied this verse to our lives. But what does it matter? Think about it. The Bible says God never sleeps nor slumbers. In other words, God is saying, I've got the night shift. You might as well get some Z's. You might as well get some sleep. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? By the way, the answer is no. But the truth is, right in our humanity, we all worry, don't we? And it's usually over stupid, dumb, petty stuff. Easily offended by what others think or say about us. Think about it. We spend more time on social media than with our Savior. Worrying about what, what someone might say. Because we are worried that so-and-so might post this or might post that about us. And all we're doing is allowing the enemy to steal our joy. Who cares what someone else says about you? Paul says, what does it matter what people think or what people say? I'm not a prisoner. You see, here's the truth. And I don't know who needs this today, but some of you cannot receive what God wants to do in your life because you are not over what you thought God was supposed to do in your life. Did you get that? God can't do what He wants to do in your life because you're not over what you thought God was supposed to do in your life. Paul said, I'm not a prisoner. 
This is part of God's plan. And Paul said, I'm committed to the purpose. I'm committed to God's purpose. Oh, listen, Christ follower, you are a weapon created by the hands of Almighty God, aimed at the darkness of this world to do good works for God's glory. God wants to use you. If you will just say, God, here I am. Use me. Take this, this vessel and use me, God, for your glory. Paul said in verse 18, but what does it matter? What does it matter? These chains, this situation, these guards, this disgusting prison food. And then he said the important thing is, and by the way, what you put after this phrase is what your joy is connected to. He said the important thing is that Christ is preached. That's what's important. I'm in prison. I'm chained to these guards. These chains go both ways. And the important thing is that Christ is preached. Fill in the blank today. Be honest. What is the important thing for you? Is it money? Is it your spouse? Your children? Your boyfriend? Your girlfriend? Is it popularity? Is it being successful? Fill in the blank. And know these things are not bad things unless they become idols. Are we tracking? And what's an idol? Anything we put in front of God. And if money is an idol, then your joy is connected to the money. And if your money's down, your joy is down. When your money is gone, your joy is gone. If your joy is connected to anything or anyone except Christ, then your joy will never be consistent. It never will be. Paul said the important thing is the purpose of God is going forward even though I'm in prison. I mean, that's why God created us. That's why God put us on this earth. Right? To be His ambassadors. There, there is no plan B. Jesus said, hey, disciples, you're it. You're plan A. And I get it. We, we believe we, we could be so much more effective for God if, if only He would change our situation. God, I could be so more effective for You if You would just do this. God, I could do this for You if You would just do that. God, if You could just take away this pain, if You could just get me out of this dysfunctional family. But according to God's Word, it's in our weakness that His strength is made strong. Maybe, just maybe, God wants to use your situation, your pain, as a megaphone for His purpose. I have people tell me all the time, Pastor Shannon, Pastor Darrell, would you pray God gets me out of this job I'm in? What's wrong with your job? And I work around a bunch of just lost people. Like, I'm not praying. I pray God keeps you there. To be a light in a dark world. God did not call us to hide the light. 
He called, he called us to take that light into a dark world. God wants our lives to be a megaphone. Whatever situation we are going through. Paul said, actually, if God can use these chains to change someone else's life, then God don't change my situation. Isn't that amazing? Actually, God, if you can use these chains to change someone else's life, then don't change my situation. Change me in the situation. Use these chains for others to see Christ in and through me. And I get it. You, you, you might not be there yet. But you want to get to that place where, where you can interpret the situation through the lens of God's sovereignty. Right? I mean, that's where we all want to get. But that requires a shift in the way you think. Right? The Bible says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by what? We have to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Paul was in prison, but he was not a prisoner. His hands and feet were chained, but his mind was free. His faith never wavered. He said, I might live or I might die. Either way, I'm good. If God leaves me in this prison, then He has something for me. If I die in this prison, then He's done with me. People ask all the time, Hey, Pastor Darrell, when do I know God is done with me? When you're not breathing. If you're still breathing, God's not finished. doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God's not finished with you. He said, I'm good either way. Look at verse 18 one more time. He says, I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body. Whether by life or by death, for, for to me to live is Christ and die is to gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose, I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to, to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Jesus will abound on account of me. Nine times in ten verses, Paul shifts his thinking from evaluation to expectation. Paul says, I will rejoice. I will remain. I will continue in the faith. I will have sufficient courage. What, what is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, I'm not a prisoner to my situation. Whether I see progress or not, I choose to walk by faith. I choose to trust God's purpose rather than what I see, what I feel, or what I know. Let's land the plane. You ready? 
No, I, I can keep preaching. Right on through lunch. You ready to land the plane? In verse 20, Paul makes this statement. He said, I eagerly expect and hope. I eagerly expect and hope. I read that and thought, that sounds really weird. So I looked up the Greek word, and the Greek word, and I'll probably butcher this really bad, is apokaradokio. And the word apo means to turn away. To turn away. To intentionally ignore others' interest. Sometimes we have to turn away from the things that have no value and fix our eyes on eternal things, on things that will last, things that live beyond this life, which, by the way, is people, right? People. The word kara means head, and the word dokia, watch this, means to stretch forward. So I'm turning my head away, intentionally ignoring what others are saying about me. Hello. And the problems that are in front of me, you have a choice, but you have free will. You can focus on the problem, or you can focus on the problem solver. You can focus on what you think is unfair, or you can stretch your head forward and focus on Christ. Listen, the next time the devil starts reminding you about your past, open up a big old can of Apocaradokio and tell him my righteousness is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And so devil, you can go back to hell. Anytime you feel guilt or shame, that's not of God. It's not. When we sin, the Holy Spirit will convict us to repent and turn away from that sin. But guilt and shame is of the devil. Jesus paid for all of our sin. Past, present, and future. You see, here's the problem. Some of you have your head so far up your past that you are missing out on what God has for you now. There's a reason. That's good, isn't it? Put that on social media. There's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Because what's in front of you is more important than what's behind you. You cannot change the past. You can't do it. But you can learn from the past and allow God to use your future. Tell the devil, you are not a prisoner of your past. Stretch your head forward full of faith and know that God will because all things work together for good. All things work together for good. Not all things are good. Don't, don't mix up the two. Not things are good. Not, not all things are good. Right? We live in a broken world. Right? Full of sin and brokenness. But God will work all things for good. Do you see the difference? 
Even when life seems chaotic and out of control, God is still in charge. He is. Come on, Christ follower. Tell God if it takes these chains to change me, to change someone else, then God, use them. Use them for your glory. Because I refuse to be a scapegoat in my situation when I am a weapon in the hands of Almighty God. You are a weapon. And God wants to use you to pierce this darkness and shine the light of Jesus Christ. When every head bowed, every eye closed. Band, you can make your way back on the stage. Listen, I don't know what you're going through today. Maybe you are worrying about things that you can't control. Maybe you came in and you are just full of anxiety. Full of fear. You see, fear is the faith that it won't work out. There's a reason that 365 times God said, do not fear or fear not. Because He knew we would deal with fear. So God says, I want you to take your faith and fix your eyes forward instead of what's all around you. And so if you're here today, and you would just say, Preacher, Pastor Darrell, man, that's me. I find myself in a situation of life. I find myself in a circumstance of life. I feel chained to this, whatever this is. You can fill in the blank. Man, I sure would love if you would pray for me. That's you. Would you just stand to your feet and say, Pastor, I would love for you to pray for me. Just stand. I just want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for every person in this room. If you want to make this front an altar, you can do that. But let's everyone stand to our feet. Because I know I've been doing this for 12 years. I promise every person in this room is not great. We all have our struggles. We all have our weaknesses. We all have these different difficulties that we deal with. Sometimes we are praying for God to get us out of the situation instead of praying, God, will you do your will in this situation? Because God, I realize these chains go both ways. And so I'm trusting God that you are going to do something for your good, for your glory. Let's pray today. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the living, breathing word of God. God, it has the power to set the prisoners free. God, it has the power to change and transform a life. I, I, I don't know, God, maybe someone walked in here today and they're chained to doubt. They've never given their life to Christ. They're still searching and seeking. And Father, they're trying to fill this void inside of them with everything from A to Z, but nothing works. And that's because the only one that can fill that emptiness is you. So Father, I pray today if there's one in here that doesn't know you, that doesn't have a relationship with you, Father, I pray that today would be the day they wave the white flag and surrender their life to you.
because it's only through you that we find our purpose and your plan for our life. Holy Spirit, do your greatest work. God, move in this room as our as the band closes out with one last song. God, we know that over and over you do it again in our lives. And so as they sing, Father, I pray that we would just raise our arms and surrender and say to the Savior, the situation is yours, God. I give it to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. give a hand clap of praise for the word of God that came forth today. I don't know about you, but I just feel like I had an impartation um, and that we truly will be changed and encouraged to go on in our race with the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everyone who is here. Lord, let us carry this word in our hearts this week to persevere, to endure, and to remember what does it matter. Our joy is tied to you. Our peace is tied to you. I pray blessings upon your people, upon their week. I pray favor and safety and prosperity upon their week. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.